Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I would like to welcome you to the Small Biz Chat podcast live. Now, Small Biz Chat is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable business advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. So with that, let me introduce my very first guest, Brett Cooper. As I said, he is an HR expert and executive coach who helps professionals build work relationships that really work. Over the last 20 years, he's influenced thousands of people in government, nonprofits, and corporate America to work together in a more productive and more effective and frankly, more human ways. As the president of Integris Performance Advisors, Brett and his co-founder helps clients increase employee engagement, improve efficiency, and generate hundreds of millions of dollars in financial benefit. He's also the co-author of the new book, Solving the People Problem. Brett, welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. Glad to be here. All right. Well, let's dive into it. You know, when you say people, when we talk small business, that's a little bit small. So the average small business owner in America has four employees, and this pandemic has made it really hard to pay and support your employees while trying to keep the business open. How do you suggest that, you know, small business owners worry about their team when they're worried about like keeping the doors open? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's the question on everyone's mind. And you know, the, the audience that's listening to those small business owners, entrepreneurs, we're driving the entire economy here. And there is a real concern, all right? A real threat when you don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, what's going to happen with your business really important for you to find ways to keep your folks motivated. So I, I think there's actually two two questions embedded in what you just asked. The first is how do you stay focused so that you can support others? And then the second question is how do you help others stay focused? So on that first question around, you know, how do you stay focused? Well, you know, as the small business owner, you got to realize first and foremost that it's your job to support and enable your people. You're the leader. You're not only the, the, the guy or the gal that has, has to worry about the finances, you have to worry about your people and you got to make sure that you are playing your role to enable them to do everything that they can do, right? Small business, we can't do it alone. Now, we, we have a small number of people, but you can't do it alone. And if we're going to keep those doors open and not only surviving, but thriving, we need to make sure that everyone on our team is doing the job that we need them to do. So that first job then of you is to stay focused and make sure that you're being the best leader that you possibly can. So you're you're inspiring them, you're motivating them, you're enabling them, you're equipping them, and you're thanking them. The other thing is for how do you keep your employees focused on their job? I would argue that the more you can be emotionally intelligent, the more that you can know your individual people and know what drives them and what concerns them, you're going to be able to help find ways to get them 
to stay focused on the job. Because let's think about it, losing a job or thinking about losing a job, some people are concerned about how am I going to support my family? Some people are going to be concerned around, well, what are people going to think of me if I lose my job? Others are going to say, well, how am I going to figure out what my next job is? So those individual concerns, if you are the small business owner, if you're the entrepreneur, you need to understand those concerns and then take them head on one by one with each of your individual employees. That's a lot to do. <laughs> that, yeah. that, is, that is a lot to do, but I think that it's good advice, but just know that you're asking people to take a heavy, that's a heavy, heavy lift. But I think all of us are trying to do the best that we can. And it's interesting because, you know, 47% of America's workers work for a small business. We literally are driving the economy. And so hopefully someone's going to send some more help. Let's see. I'm holding my breath. Anyway, so you wrote this new book called Solving the People Problem. Okay, Brett, what is the people problem? <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting to hear what you, what you, I know what I think it is, but I want you to tell me what is the people problem? Well, the first thing I'll tell you is that what it's not, and it's not that people are the problem. Far from it. In fact, people are absolutely a small business's greatest assets. But the people problem itself is the fact that too many people just don't understand and don't honor the different styles between us, right? We're, we're all human and we all have different personality styles. We have different communication preferences. There are things that we get energetic about and there are things that frustrate us. And the people problem simply is that enough of us don't really understand those differences. And even when we do understand them, we don't actually honor them. We don't embrace them because the truth of the matter is that diversity is a fantastic thing for any business, especially a small business, right? If we can get different people with different points of view working together, that's going to give us the greatest solutions that we can possibly think of. And so therefore, the, the people problem that we write about in the book, Solving the People Problem, is all around how do we help people increase their what we call emotional intelligence, which is how do they understand their own style and their own behaviors, their own preferences? And do they understand the styles of other people? And do they put all of that knowledge to work so that they make the best decisions that they can and they adapt their behavior for the mutual benefit of everyone that's involved? But aren't most corporate managers, a lot of business owners too, they're not thinking about their employees' communication style. They want everyone to communicate with them based on their communication style and people who don't, don't last too long, I, I find, or they just really have a hard time. So, so, you know, what can we do to help people really appreciate the differences in others and frankly, be more empathetic in the workplace? Because I think a lot of people I know as a business owner, when you put that shingle outside and you say open for business, you're taking on 10 to 12 jobs at one time. Thinking about you and your communication style, my employees' communication style, that's not on that 12 things, right? So that now you're adding a 13 for me. So how can you make this important and relevant to me, whether I'm in a little business or you're in some big corporate organization? Well, well honestly, Melinda, th this is the opportunity. This is exactly the opportunity why we wrote, we wrote the book. There is research after research after research that shows that emotional intelligence and the ability to interact effectively with other people, that is more important to business success 
that is more important to driving things like employee engagement than having a high IQ or having really high technical skills. And I would agree with you that so many small business owners and entrepreneurs, right? We, we started our business because we're great at the thing that the business does. And what the, the reason why so many small businesses fail is that the entrepreneur doesn't actually realize that, okay, my job is no longer just to do the thing that I started this company to do. My job is to equip other people equip the people that are working for me to do their job so that collectively we can serve the people that we're trying to serve. You're absolutely right that the natural tendency of people is to focus on, hey, this is the way I like to communicate, so you should communicate this way with me. And you know, we're not going to change everybody's mind with that. But I will tell you that if anybody takes the ideas that we write about in the book increases their own emotional intelligence and starts to step outside themselves a little bit and starts to recognize that when they're communicating, the idea isn't just for other people to hear you. What you want to do is you want to say things so that they can understand what you're trying to say. And if you are so pigheaded that you're only going to share things in the way that you want to share them, then there's going to be a lot of people that don't understand your message. That goes for customers just as much as it goes for your employees who you work with. And, you know, I've seen a lot of small businesses lose some fantastic people because they never really mastered this, this skill set, right? They, they want to communicate in the way that they want to communicate and, you know, damn to everybody else. You got to adapt to my way. And my argument would be, if you want to be the most successful business owner you can possibly be, you need to look outside yourself. You need to increase your emotional intelligence and you need to start doing all you can to interact as effectively and efficiently as, as possible with other people. All right. So what's the framework that you use to help people build their emotional intelligence? How do you do this? So that's really the discovery that my co-author had. So the, as background, the idea of emotional intelligence is, is well over 20 years old. There's a, some fantastic books out there and a lot of studies and a lot of training material around, you know, this idea of, hey, let's improve our emotional intelligence. The challenge is that in that body of work that exists, there hasn't really been a, a, a language or a how-to, you know, how do I learn more about my style and how do I learn more about others? So what we've done is we've taken a framework that is a almost 100-year-old personality styles framework called DISC. And we've overlaid that on the idea of emotional intelligence. And so what DISC is, it's a framework that helps you understand what people's personality styles are and what their communication preferences are. DISC is an acronym. It's, it's D-I-S-C. And the D stands for dominance. The I stands for influence. The S stands for steadiness. And the C stands for conscientiousness. And what the DISC framework measures is really two realms or two spectrums of human behavior. And the first is how fast-paced or how reserved are you? And then the second is how accepting and warm are you of new people and new ideas? And how skeptical are you of new ideas? And so through uh, uh, the, the DISC language, we can measure people on those two spectrums and then from there, we can start to draw a lot of conclusions about how they like to communicate. Like, do they want to talk about their weekend when they come in on Monday? Or are they not really interested in being social and they just want to get to the get to work? Or if you need to thank somebody and appreciate somebody, do they want to be brought up on stage 
and be thanked in front of the rest of the office? Or would that be the worst thing, the, you know, the thing farthest away from a reward or a recognition? So that, that's what DISC helps us understand. I get it. Well, I really am glad that you explained that to us. And when we come right back on Small Biz Chat, we're going to talk a little bit more with Brett. And we're going to talk about millennials in the workplace and how we're going to manage them and still have everyone get along and communicate effectively. This is Small Biz Chat Live. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady. I know you might be thinking about quitting your business and going back into corporate America, but wait, before you give up, my new book, Fix Your Business, could give you a whole new lease on life. My 12 P's of running a successful business will walk you through step-by-step how to grow your business revenue, how to hire great people and streamline your processes and so much more. Grab a copy today of Fix Your Business and get your life back. Welcome back to Small Biz Chat Live. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I'm so excited that you're here with us. We are talking with HR expert and executive coach, Brett Cooper, and he is talking to us about solving the people problem. So, Brett, what is it about millennial employees? I am regularly being asked by business owners that I coach, should we hire any millennial hires in our business? Because they add a real interesting dynamic to the business. So, so let me have it. And you must have some advice about this. <laughs> I, I will, but it might not be the advice that you think, because I, I also get people all the time telling me things like, you know, I don't think we should hire millennials, or I don't think we should hire people that that aren't very talkative, or I don't think we should hire people who are from California, right? I mean, there, there's a lot of bias in, in small, especially in small business when, you know, you, you want to hire people that think and act like you. And it's, a, you know, no question if we have, you know, somebody who is of a, a you know, Gen X or, uh, you know, an older generation, and you got to communicate with a millennial, there's there's some miscommunication that can very naturally happen and that's for a number of reasons right we we we've grown up in different situations we've grown up in different generations we've learned different things but this is what i would say is i would say that the entire idea of diversity whether it's age diversity gender diversity race diversity or mental thought diversity i'd say if you're a small business owner you should be embracing that as much as you possibly can. And when you, so when you, when you look at a millennial, the attitude that they can bring and the excitement and the energy they can bring is fantastic, right? They're, that, that youthful energy is something that a lot of us that are a little bit up there in, in years can't bring quite the way that somebody that's a little bit younger can. So what I would say is try to step out of some of your own frustrations and, and look at yourself and say, are you getting frustrated because the person that you're interviewing really is doing something wrong? Or are you just looking through your own kind of foggy lenses and saying, well, they're doing it different than me, and therefore I might be concluding that it's wrong? I mean, everything that we talk about in our business and everything that we talk in our book and solving the people problem is really all about the idea of we want people to understand, recognize, and most importantly, honor the differences among people. And so this idea when we have somebody that just flat out says, no, I'm not hiring millennials, period, I would say you have an opportunity 
you have an opportunity to take a look at yourself and say, you know, am I doing the best I possibly can to understand, recognize, and honor the differences of the people that are potentially going to help my business be successful? All right, but how does how does ego kind of come into play with some of this? Mm. When you're trying to resolve, you know, conflict, you know, in a business, or let's say you you do have a, a millennial employee that has sort of like a dust up with another employee, like you know, how do you kind of mitigate and get people to sort of like calm down from from being kind of ego driven in some of these kinds of conflicts? So hang on, are you telling me that there might be some small business owners that have an ego? Is that, is that, I, I just, just want to make sure I understand the question right here. Don't be smart, Brett. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, you know, sometimes the reason why people get offended is because of ego. Like I know for me, I had once had a millennial assistant that called my mother by her first name. Like instead of calling her Mrs. Emerson called her Carrie, right? And I'm hearing about this from my mom later on. Like, did that, how old is that? Did she call me Carrie? Like, like she was completely offended. And my assistant had no idea that she had completely offended my 60 something year old mother who was like, is this, is this kid that works for you calling me by my first name? You know, so there's, there's, I believe there is culture differences but there's also sort of like some culture respect norms that maybe some younger people don't completely appreciate that then plucks people's ego. Do you know what I mean? Because I was yeah. my mother wrong to be offended because somebody in their early 30s called her by her first name? I don't necessarily think so. You know what I mean? So that's what right. I mean by, you know, how ego kind of can get into some of these kind of conflicts. And my whole thing was, why do I have to tell a 31 year old person, you don't call an elderly African-American woman by her first name? What is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, so I, I just think that there's sometimes there's, there's culture kind of stuff that, that does pluck people's egos. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have to be aware of you know, the pe- people's backgrounds and what they may or may not have been exposed to and may, what they may or may not have have learned. And, you know, when you when you hire somebody, I've always thought that the key to hiring well is making sure that you have you hire somebody that's educable. Right. That, that if they if they make a mistake like that, you can call them on it and you can point it out and they'll make it that one time. You know, the, 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 at the root of the question, you bring up the concept of conflict and conflict's a very interesting topic because not all are the same in, in the work that we do, we talk a lot about productive conflict, which is really the debate of ideas. And we want all the productive conflict in our businesses that we possibly can, because that's how we get to new ideas. That's when we get different points of view coming together and debating and, you know, discovering new ideas. What we don't want is unproductive conflict. And unproductive conflict is kind of the thing you're talking about here. And there's, there's really two sides of it. Right? I, I like to think of it as a, a spectrum in that on the one end, there is the kind of mean-spirited conflict where people are calling each other names and you know being rude to each other. And we all know that that's bad conflict. There's another kind of unproductive conflict, though, and that's really the opposite end of that spectrum. We call it artificial harmony. Artificial harmony is when people are afraid to even step into the arena, right? They don't even want to get into the dust up at all. So they just stay quiet and stay back. And if they do that, then we have a really big problem because nobody is discussing any new ideas. 
So we like to have teams think about that spectrum and say, you know, where you want to be is kind of right in the middle. You don't want to be on that far end where you are, you know, no one's speaking up, artificial harmony. But what we also don't want to do is go to that mean-spirited nature. But if you can go kind of the middle and, you know, you're not afraid to dust it up a little bit, but you stay respectful and you stay focused on the ideas at hand, not the personalities, but the ideas at hand, then you're able to talk about those ideas. So going back to the scenario that you talked about there, Melinda, you know, the conflict opportunity you had there was it certainly started off unproductive, but you have an opportunity in that kind of situation to turn and make it productive and have a discussion with that individual and say, hey, this is why that's not what we want here. They learn, all make mistakes. And if you as the small business owner, as the leader can help people understand their mistakes, recognize and learn from those mistakes, they're going to be better next time. And that's going to ultimately serve you and your business and your bottom line. Well, I, you know, I, I appreciate that, but, but some of it feels a little bit like having to teach people manners and that's exhausting. I have to say the last question I have for you now in your book, you know, solving the people problem, which by the way, I'm so excited to say that entrepreneur just announced that it's the number one book to read for 2021. So go Brett and Evan. Awesome. Awesome. How do you make that the framework more real world for people? Because I mean, it's it's like, you know, okay, yet another acronym. Okay, let me figure this out, DISC, all right. But how do, how do we drill that down and make that about something real that people can really adjust to in their business? Well, thankfully, Evans and I addressed that head on as we wrote the book, because Evans and I both are really practical business people. We are not academics, we are not professorial. So the book that is really designed in two parts. The first part of it is setting enough of that foundation that, you know, we explain what emotional intelligence is and why you want it. We explain what the basics of the DISC framework is all about. But then the second part of the book, the bulk of the book is all about application. And we have six different chapters that focus on this idea of how do you bring it to real life? How do you do it in the real world? And so those six chapters talk about six different business, basically skill sets, if you will communicating with others, making decisions, working on a team, handling conflict, working with customers, whether you're sales or customer service, and being a leader. And so if people can increase their emotional intelligence and then apply it as they're doing those different business skill sets, a real world improvement in their relationship. So it's this is not at all about, you know, oh, let me think about this and not do anything with it. We want people actively talking about emotional intelligence and talking about different styles. And in fact, as part of the book, we on our website that goes with the book, solvingthepeopleproblem.com, we put out there a emotional intelligence survey that any of your listeners can take for free Entrepreneurs can have everybody in their organization take it if they want and then talk about the differences. So you just go to solvingthepeopleproblem.com, look for the what's my disk EQ link, click that in the access code. I say we have them put small biz chat and there you go. That that survey is going to give everybody a report that's going to give them scores on where they are currently with their emotional intelligence. And most importantly, it's going to give you a whole bunch of tailored tips that you can do right now, actionable steps that you can use right now to increase your emotional intelligence and ultimately have more effective interactions with people. 
please head over to my blog at succeedisyourownboss.com to get more information and contact information about tonight's guest. And I just want to thank you all for watching Small Biz Chat Live and being a part of our success. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. Until next time, remember this, you never lose in business, either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.